Welcome aboard the Knight 2000. Thank you. What's all this? Looks like Darth Vader's bathroom. Vader's Bathroom. My name is Paul the Book Guy Alves. This is Season Zero, Episode 2. Today we're going to be talking about the Night Industries 2000 with our, I think I think they're both co-hosts at this point. Sir Jimmy, how you doing, Sir Jimmy? Doing fantastic. Looking forward to all the royalties from this excellent potential iPhone ringtone we've got. Oh, we're talking millions, my friend. We're talking millions. And Nick Nugent author of KR Companion, the Knight Rider Companion book. How you doing, sir? Hello, everyone. How you doing? I'm good. Nice. Nice, nice. We are here. Hey, guys. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's only been a week or so since we released our first uh, episode, and doing good. We got lots of, lots of subscribers coming in. Things are happening. Just firing up my browser here, get all these facts up on my screen the Night Industries 2000. We're going to talk about the fictional Night Industries 2000, of course. The T-top, as they say on the show. Um, could do a lot of stuff. I know a lot of people think, oh, you know, the old classic Night Rider could just jump over things. Right, Nick? Jump over things like what? With Turbo Boost? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, it could jump over things. And it was bulletproof. But it did a lot more, right? Oh, you mean kids' just... basic features. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of the features could be activated by buttons on panels to either side of the steering wheel. There was a lot of switches, you know. The 80s Switch. was all about switches and lights. <laughs> so we're, we're going to go through all the things one by one. Of course, uh, Sir Jimmy knows a bit about the Knight Rider, and uh, I know that uh, Nick Nugent, you wrote a whole book on Knight Rider, <clears throat> and I'm sure you know all about the fictional features. Yes, sir. So we're kind of going to go through one by one. Uh, before we do, I just want to tell everybody, you're going to listen to this podcast. It's going to be advertising free. We're not going to talk about mattresses or Audible accounts. And if you look on your podcast player, you'll see a tip jar from Pinecast. If you want us to do this more frequently, send us a tip. We'll share it with all our co-hosts and uh, it'll inspire us. Even if it's a dollar, it'll inspire us to make these more often and more frequently. Uh, we're going to start off with the most important part, I think, Nick, of the whole uh, Night Industries 2000, which is the Night 2000 microprocessor. Yes. So uh, this is not to be confused with Kit. Kit is the personality, the AI, we would call it today into 2020, the AI, but the uh, the, the Knight 2000 microprocessor is basically the hardware, right? It's the brain of Kit? Well, I think it's important to clarify that the car itself is called the Knight 2000, and the microprocessor and AI that controls it is Kit, the Knight Industries 2000, which is housed inside the Knight 2000. Yes. And you know, it's funny because the, in the, in the AKA whole... AKA the Black Pontiac, if you want to. <laughs> yeah, the Black Pontiac, the T-top. <laughs> Although, the, you know, they never really talked about Kit as being sentient throughout the series, if I'm correct. Sure they did. Did they? Yeah, because Kit's a learning computer. Right, right. But I don't think they ever focused like, a you know, an episode on, uh, you know, uh, Kit being alive or not being alive. It wasn't well, like a... I mean, it was an evolution because Kit's a learning computer. He started to learn about human man mannerisms and gut feelings and notions of fear and panic and pride and things of that nature. According you to you know the show, the kid was programmed to obey all orders uh, given to him by his human creators, as long as they didn't violate his Star Trek fan standby his prime directive of protecting human life. And specifically, Michael's to the best of his abilities. <laughs> yes. 
And the system could drive the car better than a human operator could, which I think we're going to see one day soon in uh, self-driving cars because a a properly coded computer can definitely one day drive. I, I, my, my humble opinion, the computer can calculate faster. Yeah, absolutely. Although I I still have this sneaky suspicion, you know, you know, when you do those uh, Google captures and it's all about identify the human in this picture or the stop sign, I'm thinking there's a car somewhere, Tesla driving down the road. And if I get this wrong, they're going to nail that kid. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think that uh, Kit's prime directive was to preserve human life and Michael's uh, to the best of his ability? So if there's some type of an impediment, let's say there's, you know, you're on a tight road going around a corner and there's a cliff and either you're going to hit a school bus full of kids or drive over a cliff and kill Michael. <laughs> that, that's my thing with the Tesla cars. What decision is it going to make if it's up to Kit in, in your estimation, Nick? Uh, Kit will find the path of least resistance and least casualties. He would most likely not barrel into a bus full of kids. Uh, if he was going to go over the cliff, he would uh, deploy some kind of countermeasures like a grappling hook or something in order to uh, to uh, minimize the damage. But it's, you know, that's like um, a rock in a hard place. You know, it's not really sure how Kit would... would direction kit would go in but whatever was i think the path the, the path of least resistance and and casualties would be the most optimum i guess you're right because a tesla just doesn't have a grappling hook or the ability to just you know spring up and fly over the bus so really a lot of those situations can be uh overcome tesla would probably just shut it down probably just shut down in place yeah <laughs> you know, there's a, a, a uh, ideas that um, some vehicles may give you the option where if you select protect everyone else, you know, it, it'll say, OK, we'll protect the people on the road. And if you protect yourself, the computer will automatically say, douchebag, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, there, there, there's a lot of things that could have been explored. Um, especially in the in the uh, remake that really weren't and that's one of the aspects for sure is who will kit save if you know this happens will kit you know sacrifice itself and its occupant michael or mike um he yeah. would sacrifice himself but he would probably eject michael out you know with yeah, the yeah shoot him out the roof something. shoot him out the roof <laughs> yeah. now i think uh we're gonna move on to uh, something that I think uh, really saved the stars of the show, being uh, Michael and Kit, many times during the series. Uh, again, guys, I, I've not been cheating. I'm still waiting to watch season one, episode one again, just before we record season one, episode one of the show. I want to be fresh in my mind when I revisit this childhood memory. But I, I, I certainly believe that the molecular bonded shell. Mm-hmm. Saved their butts lots of times. <laughs> of course it did. Uh, Kit is armed with trihelical plastial 1000 MBS. Which protects him from She's almost all forms of firearms. Formula. <laughs> secret formula. Yeah, secret yes. formula. Uh, they can only be harmed, uh, according to the uh, my notes here, by heavy artillery and rockets. And even then the blast... Usually leaves the car's shell intact, but it will damage internal components relevant to the particular story. It's the <laughs> uh, it's the vibrational impact that does it, right? Because Kit's exterior, covered by the molecular bonded shell, is pretty hard and solid, but the vibrational impact of heavy artillery is delicate on his sensitive internal systems. Shaken baby syndrome. That's right. Exactly. So it's like a bunch of dudes in a tank. Although you know the shell might not destroy the tank, the dudes inside are like liquid jelly, right? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of numbers in, in, in all these guides online about how many uh, frame tolerance, how many tons, blah blah blah. But basically, it made Kit impervious to most things that would destroy your average, you know, T-top. <laughs> He's referring to the Kit Kit for those that don't know. 
<laughs> That's right. For so, that data, he's, he's probably referring to the kit kit, I imagine. Oh my God! There, there uh, in addition to that, uh, the impact shell, the molecular bonded shell. There was pyroclastic lamination, so it had yep. a laminate on it that was a thermal resistant coating that could withstand temperatures of up to eight hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Yes, in season four, Kit literally drives through lava. Yeah, and that's I was a lot. Thinking Twice. about lava and how hot is lava, but you know, there's probably some upgrades between season one and season four. Of course, yeah. Yeah, quite a few. Constantly getting upgraded from episode to episode. And, you know, to burn a book, you'll, all you need is 451, right? That's right. I'm just saying. I, so. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say 451 Fahrenheit, but, you know, you know, Bradbury hates that shit, right? Got to be, you got to say 451. Uh, there's the power system. Uh, Kit is powered by the Knight Industries turbojet with modified afterburners and a computer-controlled 8-speed turbo drive transmission. Zero to 60 in two seconds. Wow. That's like a Tesla. <laughs> well, the engine's a turbine engine, so just like a plane. <laughs> Electromagnetic hyper-vacuum disc brakes. So in, in uh, 12-foot braking distance from 60 to zero. That's pretty good, too. Yes, sir. Putting it out there. And, of course, the most famous um, ability of the fictional Night Industries 2000 kit, the Turbo Boost. Oh, oh Turbo Boost. Come Everybody's on. Everybody's been waiting on it. Yeah. And it, you, there was always like this touchdown, uh, sorry, touch tone sound, you know, mm -hmm. just before it hit the Turbo Boost. Uh, the system consisted of a series of rear-mounted undercarriage rocket motors, which allowed the car to accelerate to speeds in excess of 200 miles per hour. That's, again, it's like a Tesla. <laughs> Nobody yeah, knows well, exactly how turbo, boost, how turbo Boost functioned. That was part of the mystery of the show. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that most of the guides to the series say that the rockets could fire both forwards and backwards, even though, that you know, <laughs> that's not how turbos work. <laughs> that's how you get that terrific braking. That's right. You would think that would be part of the like the braking system, right? Well, remember, the turbo boost in the uh, first season was not just for jumping. It also gave Kit a temporary boost of speed. That's right, which makes sense, right? Yes. It wasn't, but of course... Um, Primarily used for jumping, but not always. Yeah, and, and, and uh, going away well, from the fictional part, Kit for a while... Partial of uh, the partial effects of turbo boost is also used for ski mode, which I'm sure I'll get into later. Oh, for sure. I love ski mode. Ski mode was just great. You know, I, I love Larson. The whole thing was so many practical effects uh, just by the nature of 80s television, right? There was no, uh, there was no, no, no CG. CGI, Except for right? its monitors, there was no CG. No blue screen, no green screen. Right. And if any of you have ever seen like uh, those old 80s games, uh, the... What do you call it? vector graphics games? Vector graphics. Yeah, that's what that's what basically the the only CG used in in uh, Knight Rider the original classic was uh, like the uh, what was that that game called? You know, we had a tank. It was green and black screen. But uh, yeah, it, it was basically. Combat? Sorry. Combat. Yes, that's the one. Combat. I spent many quarters on that. Uh, it was a three D, you know, green lines and black background. That was the state of CG back then. You could not. You know, there was no transforming happening. Although, well, at that time, that was yeah. considered state of the art. No for doubt for a television budget. Oh, absolutely, they did very well what they had. I mean, uh, I know Nick, you're not. Uh, as we talked before the show, you're not a Doctor Who fan, but I mean, Do Doctor Who did enough with uh, bubble wrap and green screen, just like uh, Knight Rider did with practical effects and jumping ramps and whatever, right? Um, sure. Again, tur Turbo Boost was mostly used for jumping, and it says that the car could jump 40 feet in the air. Wow. Could also Turbo Boost. There's also Reverse Turbo Boost. Nice. <laughs> jump backwards. Fantastic. Uh, of course, uh, pivotal to the series, Voice Synthesizer, um, which in 87 was a big deal that uh, a computer could talk. 
I mean, this is long before Siri and uh, Alexa and all them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, kit voice synthesizer could uh, mimic sounds, could mimic voices. It, it wasn't just Kit's voice, of course. What was his name? Daniels, yes? William Daniels. William Daniels, thank you. Uh, I think he could even ventriloquize, couldn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. He could speak uh, fluently in Spanish and French, apparently. <laughs> he could on occasion, yes. So it, it was a big deal at the time. And, and uh, Jimmy, I know we talked about in the last episode that uh, it wasn't uh, shortly after that, a lot of cars started coming out with the, the door is ajar. Yes, my father was uh, infatuated with anything that talked. He actually had a, um, a a Pontiac Firebird. I think it was an '86 or an '87, and it it did some amount of that, and it drove me insane. But he just <laughs> he loved it. He wished he could just talk to the VCR and say, "Set the time to one thirty-five." <laughs> and and you know the the cars back then weren't actually you know processing anything it was just it was like a you know like a switch on the door if that switch you know if you've turned the car on you're about to drive off the switch would activate a, a chip that had a pre-recorded thing right it would say you know the, the door is ajar it wasn't actually thinking yes. and talking it's not like siri you know telling you who the president is right like, no know. there was no intelligence involved it was just yeah. it was almost like a speaking spell yeah exactly exactly uh, kit, kit, guys, this is this thing can do a lot of stuff, uh, including the electronic jamming system. Whenever the plot needed it, Kit could jam electronics. Although there weren't many electronics around the '80s, but uh, Kit could jam electronic locks, uh, turn off You're security cameras. Kit could even withdraw money from ATMs. <laughs> you shut down CB radios. Yeah, and it, but it was used most often in the uh, series the uh, to ups, open safes. Open safes, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That changed rolling dice. No, it, it got really cheesy. <laughs> and I, I clearly remember one episode where uh, uh, Kit was manipulating non-electronic objects using the electronic jamming system like a poltergeist. <laughs> like 5G. No, kid. Kid was literally like <laughs> levitating stuff in the air, like ooh, here comes the candelabra, <laughs> and it was really cheesy. <laughs> oh well, we all wanted it. Well, there was micro jam and micro lock. Oh, micro jam. Micro jam was anything electrical. Micro lock was uh, breaking systems and basically mechanical devices. Wow. Um, the, the 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 scanner in the front, which I believe was called the anamorphic equalizer, uh, are the electronic eyes of Kit. It could see in all visual wavelengths, as well as X-ray, infrared, etc. And the bar would light up and make an ominous swooping sound. You know, Battlestar Galactica. And it went left and right. Not like a bull, like the, the new one, the, the remake. And it pulsed, uh, occasionally would pulse in different patterns when it was scanning. And um, the, basically that was the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that was the uh, red light going back and forth based on yes. the Cylons from... We call uh, it just the scanner. Yeah, we just call it the scanner. Just scanner light. <laughs> I think it's only called anamorphic equalizer in like official, you know, uh, uh, documents. <laughs> And uh, Kit could hear sounds. Well, the scan, but the scanner was multifunctional. Uh, the, it, the anamorphic analyzer was determining damage to the car, such as bullet holes and impacts. Oh, interesting. Um, the scanner could also detect areas, scents, and things like that. Uh, Skid also, uh, Kit also Basically had a... the central hub of Kit's uh, detecting... Right, you know, so that, that was basically mode, how, how, uh, how kids saw the world, right? That was detecting everything. Yeah. Right. Uh, kid also had an olfactory sensor. He could smell uh, Michael's farts in the car. Just saying. <laughs> Trying to bring some levity to the show, boys. <laughs> uh, there was uh, multiple cruise boats. I believe in the original series we had normal cruise, which is like yes. a car, every car. You could drive the car, right? Yep. 
there was auto cruise in auto cruise the kid is driving that's and correct he could drive himself you know uh anywhere he wanted and uh <laughs> i i i totally remember the pilot episode um i think i think they were trying to show that kit was uh, autonomous but i think it was a real failure in the pilot episode that the first time michael knight took kit for a drive he fell asleep at the wheel <laughs> I think they should have left that for a future episode. Maybe the first time your superstar, uh, you know, ex-cop drives the supercar. Maybe he shouldn't fall asleep at the wheel listening to the Eagles. <laughs> Literally, like Michael Knight sleeping at the wheel, and you can hear the Eagles in the background. Take it easy, take it easy. <laughs> well, remember, Michael was stubborn. He wanted to do all the driving himself from Nevada to California. So that's right. He was not enough. He was not enough. Not and, enough. and that's and when, uh, took, because why he's <laughs> got to preserve the life of the driver. That's right. And he took control. Kit took control and auto cruise despite Michael yeah. not wanting it. Right. Yes. And then there was the third cruise mode in the, in the original, uh, I, I guess in the first season anyways, which was pursuit. Uh, which is a combination of manual and kit. So, uh, pursuit was uh, adding extra power to the car to drive faster to chase down the bad guys. Yeah, and uh, Michael was technically in control of the vehicle during pursuit mode, but kit could also guide. So, almost like every single modern car ever, unless you hack it or turn the uh, features off. There, there's a lot of modern cars that so have that, that kind of feature, to, like cruise control. Right. Yeah. Well, no, not not even that. I mean, uh, a lot of modern cars, right? If you, if you're trying to if you're in a highway and you're going to change lanes and there's a car there, there's a lot of modern cars. If you don't disable the features, they're literally going to swerve back into the lane you were. Sure. Cuz they'll detect yeah, a car on on the lidar or radar. I've, I've driven some some Cadillacs that if you swerve out of your lane or if, or if a car comes up alongside you and it's a little bit too close, it would make the like the seat on the left or the right side vibrate so you would know wow. without looking or hearing anything that there was an obstruction or a danger that was on one side of the car or the other. And the first time it happened to me, I was uh, driving a car uh, that wasn't mine and nobody told me about this and it really kind of scared me. And they they like, oh yeah, that's this. And I'm like, you know, you're right. Somebody almost hit me in the in the passenger side of the car, and I swerved out of the way. So, you know, I, I think that technology is uh, viable. Now, yeah, and viable, and not so much a bad thing. I mean, there, there's a lot of modern vehicles. We're talking like 2018, 2019, 2020 models. If you're if you're in on the highway, you've been traveling for a while. If there's a vehicle in front of you, and some of these cars are equipped with the lidar, the same lidar that's uh, you know, on on on, on like a Tesla. If you accelerate to the point where you're going to hit the car in front of you, the car will literally decelerate, whether you like it or not. It's, it's like Kit taking over and saying, I'm going to protect uh, Sir Jimmy or Nick. We're going to decelerate a bit. We're not going to let him hit the car in front of us. But, you know, and, that, and yeah, that's, uh, that's the solution for road rage. And, and I, I like to think as a Knight Rider fan, maybe not a super fan like Nick, but as a Knight Rider fan, I like to think that some of these engineers were inspired by KR-87, you know? Of course they were. Um, if all else failed and Kit was going berserk or they just need to shut Kit off, there was computer override. There was a dial setting under the dash that shuts down Kit. Turns him into a car, like not not car, not K A R R, just a regular car. I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> That's right. I'm not able to do that. <laughs> and yeah, you, they said they should have thought about that in the year 2000, 2001. That's right. Not only was the computer override which shut down Kit completely, there was a manual override, um, where you could lock uh, Kit out of the vehicle control. So. Kit had no control over his own, I guess, for lack of a better word, his body. Um, yes. And that, that's in the first uh, episode. Uh, not, not the first, first season. 
Episode 8, Trust Doesn't Rut. Excuse me. Trust Doesn't Rust. And uh, uh, Kid also had Police Lights and Sirens, which you see, I think, I think in season two or three, where he, he actually had lights come up. <laughs> and uh, taken from, I think, uh, Airwolf, he also had Silent Mode, <laughs> where he could quiet his, uh, his engines. Yes. Uh, really fun one, Nick. The grappling hook. We've talked about it, I think, uh, uh, off uh, off microphone before, but the grappling hook, that was a lot of fun. Every time oh, it's it used. <laughs> seemed to come out of two places, too, which was kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> it changed all the time. Based on what, you know, where the story needs the grappling hook to be, there it is, right? Which didn't make much sense. I mean, it would make more sense in the reboot because, you know, it transforms. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to give away any spoilers here uh, for our Goliath Returns episode, which I believe is in season two. But um, yes. skip, skip ahead a few seconds, people, if you don't want to get spoiled for season two. But Kid has a parachute. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oil uh, oil slick smoke release which I believe is used in the first episode I think yes which is always fun I think every car every car should have smoke (laughs) every car should have uh, oil slick (laughs) get those tailgaters smoke screen yeah smoke screen yeah that'd be great Uh, I think not the first episode, but one of the first, uh, the early episodes, there's a flamethrower that comes out of the kit. Yes, that would be Deadly Maneuvers. Yes, and if I'm uh, seeing it right, I think... two. Oh, spoilers, episode two. Uh, mm-hmm. Kit, kit could also take care of uh, Antifa if he really wanted to, because he had a tear gas uh, canisters. <laughs> Used some time in season one. Um. For some reason, even though he's not a flying vehicle, and he, he also, also had to put a... out fires with the CO2 system. Oh, nice. I got, I, you know what, Nick? I, I got blasted with a CO2 system by some Daleks uh, when I was doing a book guy's show at uh, my old studio and my old shop. Uh, two, mm-hmm. two giant Daleks in studio, and they blasted me with the CO2 guns they had and literally knocked the hat off my, uh, off my head. Uh, yeah, they'll definitely pull out some fires, my friend. It'll do it. Uh, All kid, your plants grew overnight. That's right. <laughs> uh, kid had uh, magnesium flares to deflect uh, missiles shot at him. Um, he also had something called HTDDs, high traction drop downs, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was a, a hydraulically a hydraulic system that raises Kit's uh, chassis like a, a Chicano's, uh, you know, hoopty ride. <laughs> used for uh, climbing steep terrain. That's right. It, w- it would raise him up a couple feet. So he could uh, be like a four by four. Uh, traction spikes, of course. Yes. For you know, you those never came know. later. <laughs> he had a telephone comm link, which was a big deal in na- 1987. Right, you could talk to Devin on his video display, which now everyone has with FaceTime. Mm-hmm. It's built into our watches and phones now, but back then it was a big deal, dude. Um, it had to have been better than Skype. Yeah. Oh, my God, folks. We don't want to get too much into the... Uh, better than Wi-Fi because it was a satellite transmission. That's right. And we don't get too much into the sausage making of the show, but my God, Skype is very user-unfriendly right now. It took us a while to get connected today. Um, Kid also had something called surveillance mode. Uh, Nick, what was surveillance mode? like? When, when would uh, Kit go into surveillance mode? Surveillance mode is uh, basically when there's suspicious movements and he needed to enhance all of his um, sensors and whatnot to uh, spy on the bad guys. Nice. That's like uh, me at work all the time. I'm always in surveillance mode. Within a 200-foot radius, so he could detect every little every little rustle of, of, of leaves or footsteps or... Uh, Someone brandishing a firearm. Nice. And, uh, and I don't want to get ahead get ahead of the list, but was he able to see through walls? Do I remember that? Yes, infrared. Absolutely, yeah. 
the infrared tracking scope, I believe, was part of that feature. So as you can see, folks, we're, we're only partway through this, but it's not just a car that could jump over the other cars and talk. There was a lot of features to the original kit, including, I believe, in season two or three, uh, Bonnie using a giant wrench that usually was set to about a two and a half inch uh, size bolt. <laughs> the, the wrench was always open like two inches. With a giant wrench, he installed a laser on kit at some point, I believe. Yes, that would be Trust Doesn't Rust. <laughs> nice. Season uh, one. You had to have the giant wrench so that you knew she had a tool that she was doing something. Yeah. So. The laser was equally <laughs> as big as her as the wrench. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, Kid also had a bomb sniffer. Yeah. <laughs> a medical scanner. Uh, you could actually scan Michael Knight and see how drunk he was at any point. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> Vital signs, yeah. My God. Deflatable tires, you know. Bulletproof yeah. deflatable tires. Gotta love it, eh? Um, yeah, you could deflate the tire so that you could crawl under something. That's right. <laughs> well, like you could get into a... the tires so that someone couldn't drive off with him. Perfect. Ah. <laughs> or so you could sneak underneath of a, one of those arms at a parking garage and not have to pay. That's right. And, and by the way, speaking of people sneaking off with Kit, uh, we're going to talk about it, I think, in episode one. Uh, but, uh, Nick, I th I'm 98.9% I'm sure that you know why they added that whole storyline in episode one of the, you know, basically the, I think they they were like kind of like the the criminals from Home Alone. You know, the guys that were trying to steal Kit. <laughs> yeah, that was for comedic effect because Glenn thought it was funny. Yeah, and in, in addition to that, they were also short for the pilot. So they were like, oh, shit, we got five, we're five minutes short. We got to add something. <laughs> so they got these two actors in and did that whole whole skit kind of. And it really added to the show, though, I think. Yeah, like I said, Glenn was a very big fan of uh, introducing humor to kind of um, lighten up the drama. You know, he didn't like his shows being too tense or too dramatic. He liked to throw in sprinkles of humor to give people a resting point. Absolutely. Uh, if if uh, Michael snagged the Lady of the Week, Kit did have self-tinting windows. <laughs> yes. For various situations. The self the self-tinting windows come in handy when uh, the car has to drive itself and appear to not have uh, a driver inside. Yeah, yeah. Sleeping Michael at the wheel and take it easy, take it easy. <laughs> uh, Kid also had a voice stress analyzer, so he could basically, it was like a lie detector. Yep. I think season two or three that comes in. Um, mm -hmm. Automatic doors. They opened and closed automatically, which I think in 2020 is uh, most, you know, SUVs have, you know, automatic opening back doors. Uh, there's a lot of uh, SUVs and cars right now. All you have to do is like if you have the key fob in your pocket, so within like Bluetooth range, if you just voggle your foot under the back bumper, the, the, the rear door will open. So you can like walk up to your car now with you know, a bunch of boxes in your hand. You know, waggle your feet under the bumper and open. So not a big deal now. Auto doors, uh, sunroof, trunk, lid. A lot of that is automatic. I mean, I, I had a Volkswagen where, you know, it automatically opened the, drop the top or whatever. But you know, back then that was a big deal. Um, kid also had uh, rotating license plates, and mm -hmm. uh, I think that solved a lot of the continuity issues in the first few episodes because. Uh, See that in the episode <laughs> Brothers Keeper. Oh, nice! Yes, that's correct. But I think even in the, the first episode, first couple episodes, the, the license plate would change, not on purpose. But uh, I think they solved that in like season two or three, by saying that you know, showing that it just changes. Like you it guys, works. you guys didn't find any mistakes. This is why it changed. You know. Sure. And uh, one of my favorite uh, features, other than Turbo Boost, obviously, the seat ejection system, which we I think we get to see in the first episode next week. 
Yes, we do. That's something that excited all the kids. No doubt. And and Kid was so good at calculating those ejections that not only would he eject Michael out of the seat, Michael would land gently on the roof of whatever building they were, uh, you know, trying to get into. <laughs> yep. Uh, Kit didn't have uh, seat belts, so to speak. Although sometimes Kit had they... seat belts in the first pilot episode, and yeah. then they were replaced by what they called the. Um... Oh man! I hate it Check the book. Check the Knight Rider companion. Check it. Yeah, that's why I wrote this book so I could remember all this stuff. <laughs> a series of lasers that were holding That's, people in place. I, I got it here. I, I don't want to trump you. I, I just happen to have it prepared. Passive laser restraint system. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of like the the damping, uh, you know, like the Star Trek Enterprise would have, where it keeps the people from, like, you know, flying through the windshield. Um, mm-hmm. So it was invented for that reason. And um, yeah, I, I don't think you saw seatbelts. Um, Anytime in the rest you of the series. You do see them in the pilot. Yeah, just in the just pilot. In the demolition derby race, they actually do have seatbelts. Yeah. Even in the reboot, which you know we're not going to get into for many months from now, but uh, uh, there's no seatbelts. It's just you know a restraint system. Well, once you have a passive laser restraint system, you don't need seatbelts anymore. You never go back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, video display monitors are listed as a feature of Kit, although, mm, again, again, so many cars now, uh, at the very least, have like a 12-inch iPad in the middle of the display. And uh, 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 Jimmy, I saw your your chat there. Tom Blunquist, he's he's the guy that produced uh, the. Um, the Swamp Thing episode with Adam Curry. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He also worked on Night Rider, and I was going to find out if, if Nick was familiar with him. Not that I can recall. That is fine. I would love to have Tom on the show, regardless of uh, his involvement in Night Rider. Just, I just want to ask him how it was like working with Adam Curry on that Swamp Thing episode. <laughs> He's done a lot of work in Hollywood, Tom. So, Tom, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on and talk about your work on Knight Rider. That's for sure. And to get the scoop on Adam Curry's appearance on Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Tom's going to hook us up with another guest who was deeply involved in, in Knight Rider and the A-Team and several other uh, early 80s shows. So Fantastic. you, you got to stay tuned for this, everybody. Hit that subscribe button. That's right. Hit the subscribe, everyone. And if you're in your podcast player... There's a thing called a tip jar. Come on. Hey, listen, it's not about money. Even if I get a dollar on the tip jar, I'm going to share it with Nick and Jimmy. And it just inspires us to keep going. And for uh, I, I'm, I'm a single dude in the middle of COVID. I can't even go to a bar now and meet ladies. But, you know, even, even for the married guys, if you can say to your wife, honey, but I made a whole $11 on, on Sunday. They're much it's more... not even about the money. It's about knowing <laughs> that we're loved and listened to. That's right. That's right. Value for value. Your time, your talent, or your treasure. And it's not even money. If if you want to donate some artwork for our uh, album art, thank you. Thank You're enjoying our show, and you want to say thank you by making us a new logo? Please. Uh, your time, of course. You're all giving us your time because you're listening. Uh, thank you again. And if you can't contribute your time or your talent, then please send us your treasure, a buck, five bucks, whatever. Send it over. We'd love it. And we will use it towards the show and towards telling Jimmy's wife that, uh, look, Jimmy made five bucks this week. He's a bread earner. (laughs) (laughs) Leave him alone. He's on Skype. He's on Skype for an hour a week. Leave him alone. That's right. I'm getting two (laughs) boats now. This is like an impromptu, uh, a break, but uh, uh, let's keep going. Kit also had a chemical analyzer. It was a retractable tray, like a it was kind of like a CD tray, <laughs> which had a scanner that could analyze anything. Could scan fingerprints. It could read uh, information off bullets. Anything you put in there, it would like scan it. Um, yep. 
he also had an oxygen vent, so he could release oxygen into the driver's compartment. If uh, Michael was too hammered from the night before, he could give him a little extra, you know, oxygen. Uh, it could also overcome uh, overcome uh, the effects of certain drugs, as seen in season four. Uh, sorry, in uh, episode four, Slam and Sammy stunt show spectacular. What a great episode! <laughs> I haven't seen I it in like thirty he years. Had a Narcan injection system. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord and uh, uh nick built into the gear shift the nick... oxygen vent also allowed michael to breathe when they were buried under dirt oh that's right yes it happened a couple times during the series that's right and uh um tell us a bit about this nick one of my favorite features ski mode yes yeah, ski mode ski mode allows the car to drive on two wheels that's about it. <laughs> and that's that about was, it. It was a great practical effect. Um, well, it's mostly used to avoid collisions with other vehicles or to get into very tight spots. Yeah, it was also a popular uh, effect that you would see at like a, you know, like a monster truck derby or any kind of, you know, uh, stunt driving show would always be like you drive. It's basically, it's a ramp rather than a turbo boost ramp where the car actually jumps up and comes down. It was a small ramp. Uh, for only one set of tires, like left or right. And as soon as the car leaves that ramp, it's basically sitting on the corner of a tire. And they could probably get away with it for a few seconds. Balancing act. And ski mode was inspired by James Bond in uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, see a ski mode. We call it a ski mode, the two wheel stunt in that movie. Wow. Hmm. Does There's it down um, Vegas down Fremont Street, I believe. Very cool. Uh, kid had a sub zero mode where he could flash freeze the driver compartment. <laughs> and this was uh, yeah, only used once. Why he'd need to. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had to use it because a baby tiger managed to get inside to gnaw on his steering wheel. And <laughs> kid wanted him out. <laughs> I do not remember this at all. And I watched every episode of Night Rider. Well, that would probably be, uh, I'm thinking, uh, let's see. I'll think Deadly Nightshade with uh, Lance Burton. I honestly don't know, and I cannot wait till we get I to think, that episode. Because I, I think he had a tiger in there. I cannot wait to get to that. Sure. I want to see a baby tiger oh. inside Kit and Kit freezing the shit out of that tiger. Uh, Lance Burton, the magician, was in a show? Yes, Deadly Nightshade. Wow. Okay, I love how you were an encyclopedia of show titles. That's so impressive. It is. I think think Nick's cheating. He's got his book open in front of him. (laughs) The KR Companion. Everyone should have a copy. I plead the fifth. (laughs) Look, I'm just going to tell you, I made a book on Knight Rider so I don't have to remember all these things 24-7. Amen. Amen. Does it have I, thumb tabs? Thumb tabs, no. Well, my, you know what? Mine, mine does. And the funny thing is, uh, when uh, Nick was so nice, I, I purchased his book, and he was nice to send it over. And I know, Nick, you're out of uh, pristine copies of Knight Rider Companion. And you, you were very... Not in copies, too. You were very uh, uh, upfront about it. You said, listen, these are all like scratch and dent. Mm-hmm. And I and I was honest with you too. I was like, "Listen, dude, I'm gonna earmark the shit out of this thing," and I, I'm sorry for swearing. I, I should uh, stop that. But uh, you know, I'm gonna earmark the crap out of this thing, and uh, no doubt you should see my book right now, Nick. It, it's got like all kinds of like little sticky notes sticking out of it. It's all, it's in worse shape than when I got it. Believe me. And I'm usually like a, I keep the books in pristine condition kind of guy, but. No, it, it's got like all kinds of notes and, I, I, you know, things sticking out of it. It is, it is a great companion to a Knight Rider series. Kudos. Thank you. It's available at www.nightridercompanion.com for a little longer. I have about 30 copies of non-mint uh, books in stock and then that's going to be it. So jump on it before they're gone. Collector's item, my friend. Get that's right. Pick pick up a copy and start watching the show again and relive it. That's right. Well, stand by. Stand by, listeners, because starting next week, 
the reason this is season zero is because we want the classic series episode numbers to match with our podcast. So the next episode of this show is going to be season one, episode one, which is going to match up with the classic series. So uh, we'll that see. makes it easy to follow along. Absolutely. So we want like if you're going to watch season one, episode one of Knight Rider, uh, yeah, either you're going to get the DVDs, you're going to download it from iTunes or wherever you get it. Uh, you could listen to our show first and then watch the episode or vice versa. But we're, we're going to watch with new eyes this show that I watched back in 1987. And then we're going to talk about it here. We're going to deconstruct it like No Agenda deconstructs the news. And uh, it's going to be fun. So next episode we're gonna, will be... We're going to bring on a series of guests as this goes through, different people with different perspectives. That's and, right. Uh, That's right. It, it's not just going to be the three of us. We're going to have uh, some exciting guests coming up. I know we don't want to mention any of them now, but uh, I'm no, pretty but excited. I, I've, got, I've got at least two guests so far that were on the show as in actors playing uh uh i'm gonna say pivotal roles and kind of the reason we're sort of slowing down our release schedule is because like i've got one lady for season one episode five and i'm trying to nail her down and well uh, sorry that came out wrong i'm trying to cement her appearance before uh we get to that episode because i would love to have actual actor even if they play like a bit role i want i want to have them on that specific episode you know to talk with us about how it was on set whatever and uh, if you're listening if you if you were part of the night rider thing uh, you know at any point if you know you know someone that was uh even part of the crew which is pivotal of course to any tv show let us know you can contact us through starship alves that's starship alves.com and uh you know click contact us I'd love to have you on or have your friend on or whoever was part of the show. And uh, we're trying our best. But again, this is a show that happened in 1987. So uh, through my own research, a lot of people have passed on. You know, it's, it's been a long time. If you, if you were 50 years old working on Knight Rider in 1987, you're no longer with us. God bless you. Universe bless you. Um, so we're trying our best. Uh, I mean, you know... Uh, the Hoff, if you're listening, StarshipElvis.com. Contact me, sir. Love to have you on. <laughs> uh, but we are trying our best to have uh, guests that were part of these episodes uh, along with us. Uh, regardless, uh, next episode is going to be Season 1, Episode 1. What's the name of that title, Nick? Night of the Phoenix. Yeah. Night of the Phoenix. Uh, I think the, the first one and two, well, it was a TV movie, right? Yes, it was originally a two-hour made-for-television movie, and uh, Night of the Phoenix came out of uh, syndication after that. So, Nick, do you think we should split that up in two, or should we just do like an epic uh, season one, episode one and two altogether? If you can sit through two hours, sure. Hey, I can. I'm single. I'm asking you guys. <laughs> no, that's no problem. I say... Yeah, that that would be like the 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 big extravaganza, the big kickoff. That's the way to go. You mean your season premiere of your podcast? That's right. Ooh, yes. <laughs> if you're tuning in, you can't get enough. That's right. So uh, we're we're gonna go through the episodes one at a time. We're gonna give some inside information. We're gonna. Uh, I I don't know, Nick. I I've listened to other Night Rider podcasts where they go through everything that happens in the episode. Uh, I think we could just give a rundown and just sort of chat about the episode in general. I don't. I don't think we need to like say, "Oh, Michael does this, and Michael does that, and Devin does that," because what's the point of that, right? Like, I mean, that's, you just watch the damn the, show. The commentaries. Yeah, you know, just just watch the damn show. Like, we're we're, we're gonna give a synopsis of the episode, and then we're gonna just discuss it in general. We're not gonna say Michael opened the door, and then inside the door was this, and then Kit did this. No, that, that's stupid. Uh, and and in, this, no, in this scene, David Hasselhoff's coffee was cold, so yeah. we had to wait around 15 minutes for the new coffee to show up. But yeah. no one could find <laughs> the script woman at the time. But I, I've well, listened you know, to a, a you few know podcasts. If coffee was cold; that Kit could have heated it up. Yeah, that's right. 
But I, but I listen to a, a pretty much every Night Rider podcast, period. And some of them will literally go through an hour and a half telling you exactly what happened in the 42-minute episode. And I'm like, uh, what's the point of that? So we're, we're going to watch it. We're going to sit down with fresh eyes. I, I'm hoping we can all watch it within like 24 hours of recording. And we're going to go through. Yeah, we'll give a synopsis of what happens in the episode. And then we'll talk about, you know, fun facts about that episode. And we'll take it from there. I mean, if, if it's uh, not enough for, you know, an hour-long episode, who cares? We'll do three episodes in one. That's fine. You know. And back to Night Industries 2000 <laughs> uh, and all the features. We're almost there, boys. We're almost there. Uh, sleep gas. Kit could spray gas in the driver compartment that would render an unwanted occupant unconscious, which, of course, made Michael Knight's date nights more fun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I went yeah, I went all Bill Cosby. Like, I went all Bill Cosby there. I'm just in that one. Like, Paul, that's on you. <laughs> Ladies, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was a Bill Cosby joke. <laughs> you just made it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 just to fix it all, a kid also had air vac. So if Michael ordered him to do that, kid would just expel all the breathable air from the driver compartment and save a lady. And yeah, he is there to preserve all human life. Uh, send your emails to um, john at dvorak.com. <laughs> hey, now. Uh, Kid also had a trajectory guidance system, which allowed him to calculate the perfect trajectory so that the car could turbo boost out in a stationary position or if it was trapped under something. Not even sure what that means or when it was used. Well, would you want me to clarify that for oh, you? Please, Nick. That's why you're here, sir. I, I mean, I, I'm just a, you know, I, I'm a fan from the The trajectory 80s. guide was mainly used with Turbo Boost to allow him to jump at uh, an arc anywhere within uh, 90 degrees. Awesome. And um, Turbo Boost didn't only just uh, operate uh, with a reverse or with a forward thrust but it could also turbo it could also turbo boost from a standing position standing still the trajectory guide was used uh several times throughout the show basically um so that it could build up power to break through um being buried alive or trapped in a um, cargo container or wow. a car crusher okay i i, I vaguely or, remember or the car crusher. other scenarios now, I, I, I don't remember. I'm just saying because I have not rewatched the series yet. I'm waiting for us to go through it one by one so it can be fresh in my memory. But I don't remember at any point where Kit was just sitting there and all of a sudden jumped. Well, you need to rewatch the series because oh, it does happen. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> um, something I know a little bit about, but not much. I remember it was so cool when I first saw it. And looking back with adult eyes, I realized that it was kind of fudged a bit. Uh, Nick, you you know a lot more about this than I do, but uh, I think that the this feature was brought about by the guy who did the Batmobile from the 1960s Batman. I could be wrong. Correct Bob me George if I am. Bears. Which is Super Pursuit Mode. Yes, that was created by George Barris. And, and, and that is the Batmobile guy, right? Yes, 66 Batmobile. And he did a lot of uh, cars in Hollywood, right? He did, yes, but the DeLorean wasn't one of them. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Now, for, uh, I'm just gonna, before you, you get into it, Nick, I, I'm going to say... That's you, Michael. I remember Super Pursuit Moon was so cool. There was cool music, you know, probably Stu Phillips music kicking, and Kit would, like, stuff would come out of him, and spoilers, and doodads would come out of the car as he was driving and you know it would just transform into like this thing with extra spoilers and it was like kit mm -hmm. times two superior kit still there i'm Hello? still here still here i just i got too excited about super pursuit mode i almost fell out of my chair it was so cool things came out of kit up and down left and right wings and 
gull wings and I don't know, like uh, spoilers came out and uh, air rafts, vents. Oh, rocket boosters, all kinds of Stabilizers. things. <laughs> yeah, all this cool stuff came out, and all of a sudden, Kit was like super Kit. Well, it was um, an attempt back in those days to put a new spin on Kit by literally having the car transform. But again, this is before visual effects and, and um, CGI. This was all practically done with real moving parts. But it was such a complex effect that it was only filmed. Uh, the transforming sequence was only filmed once and then run backwards. Oh, that's cool. Throughout season four. So um, I'm told that, uh, like you said, it's all practical effects, right? So like all this crap would come out of Kit. Like, I'm not saying crap, like stuff. Actuators, yeah. Yeah, things would come out of Kit, like literally come out and spoilers and stuff that should say uh pop out pop out they, yeah they pop out and uh since there was no cg cgi or cg as they call it now that they actually built a a kit that had all these things pop out of it but because it was real life and they had to put all these uh, machines and pistons and all this stuff into it that thing wouldn't couldn't actually drive so they no, it had no engine yeah, had no engine. They had no room for an engine or a driver. So they it's actually. Um, well, okay, fine. I'll just I'll let the one secret out. It was actually towed backwards with the pieces pulling in, and then re- run in reverse. Oh, that's so cool. Effect on screen. <laughs> that is so cool. So they just filmed it once, with all this yes. happening, and they used it like I think five or six times. Uh, super. Pr- well, every time Kit transformed, they used the same yeah. footage. Wow. And I, I believe, uh, again, we're, we're so far from getting into the reboot, um, the 2008, but I believe in 2008 he had a super pursuit mode. and you know, the, He had an attack mode. Attack, that's, that's what it was, attack mode. And it was, you know, it was kind of an homage. I got to give him that much credit. It was kind of yeah. an homage to super pursuit mode where the spoilers came out and had extra, you know, this and that and all these little doodads came out. Yeah, why not? Uh, Sir, Sir Jimmy, we're going to move on. Uh, I got to say, this is not emergency broadcast system, Jimmy. This is no. not the EBS of emergency broadcast system, which we activated a little while ago for some riots and uh, election night. We're talking about the emergency braking system. We talked about it, yes. which would uh, slow Kit from uh, super pursuit speeds of 300 miles an hour and had a, a forward braking booster. Now, this makes sense. Where there's a booster facing forward, like a rocket, and air panels that popped out, like a, you know, just kind of like the space shuttle with its parachute, and it would create air friction. Well, yeah, there was two side vents and a and a uh, fin on the roof. That's right. That's right. Um, a fi- final thing that I have, I don't know if you have anything else, Kit. Uh, Kit, I called you Kit. My God. <laughs> I called Nick Kit because he's so knowledgeable. He's Kit. <laughs> I called him Kit. Hey, Kit. Uh, convertible roof, just like my uh, my old Volkswagen. So uh, there was actually... Well, as the C-mode button. The C-mode, exactly. You could bring the top down and Kit became a convertible. <laughs> Tucked into the back seat. <laughs> so uh, according to uh, episode five... All of these systems were designed at Stanford University, and uh, the fictional kit's total production cost was estimated at twelve million in nineteen eighty-two, uh, which would equal uh, twenty-five million four hundred forty thousand dollars in two thousand six dollars. Uh, however, due to inflation, or, or yeah, or two six, uh, was it the, <laughs> was it the six million dollar man? Yeah, you're right, that's right. Okay. Also a Glenn Larson show. That's so right. So they doubled it. Also a Glenn Larson show. <laughs> well, it was um, unofficially. He didn't receive the, cre- the creator credit, but he was involved with it. And and we're going to leave the last piece of equipment. Uh, by the way, that, that whole total in $2,006 would be $52.9 million, which is nothing. I mean, you, you, can't, even, you can't even build a Tesla for that nowadays. 
You need like no. you need like 140 million to develop a Tesla, but you know, hey, the numbers are pretty good. You know, ballpark, right? Uh, the well, last, but the, then you have to take into account all the repair costs as well. That's right. Well, Make come on, it's not cheap. Come on, repair costs. Bonnie just had that two-inch uh, wrench; she could fix everything. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, Nick. Did I miss any of the super features of uh, Kit here, or do are we complete here? Uh, let's see. Talked about uh, well, Kit could fire rockets. Oh yes. And, um, In case he went to war. Kit's features were mainly defensive. It wasn't an offensive uh, device. Yeah, I got, I got to say one thing about Glenn Larson. Uh, the morality of his shows were always superb. Uh, maybe I'm not, you know, saying that in the right way, or but uh, there from, was the X-ray feature, which came in handy. That's yeah. how he saw it through buildings. Uh, Kit was always defensive and protective, and uh, you know, even through his. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, Six Million Dollar Man. He always had great morals in his in his shows, and uh, Universe or God Blood, depending on your religion. But Universe or God Bless, Glenn Larson, he brought a lot of joy to our lives in the eighties and seventies, eighties and nineties. Um, there, there's one more piece of equipment that we forgot to talk about, uh, which I think was pivotal to the series, and I've got one on my wrist right now. I know we don't have our cameras on today, but the only reason I bought this thing is uh, the Comlink. That's right. Michael Knight had like oh, a, a calculator wristwatch that he could talk to Kit. And please, if anyone out there has a really good Knight Rider uh, Apple Watch face, I want it. <laughs> and I want a <laughs> Daniel's voice for my uh, Siri. Uh, he could talk to Kit. It was basically a modified 80s LCD AM radio watch. I had one of those, I think, at one point. And he could talk to Kit. Uh, in an emergency, he could activate a homing beacon. The uh, advanced or gala watch with a sticker over the top of it. Oh, nice. AMFM watch. Practical effects, guys. Practical effects. Mm-hmm. The moral of today's episode... Um, which is kind of geeky is that the night industries, 2000 kit of the 1987 series wasn't just a fast car, a T top that could go fast and jump over things. It was actually a pretty advanced automobile AI. It was a sentient being, uh, where thanks to Daniels, uh, Daniels, uh, insisted that, uh, kit develop as a character uh, Daniels insisted that Kit did not have a, you know, Dalek voice. I am Kit. Uh, Daniels, or, the oh, actor. Yeah, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but I believe it was Daniels who convinced uh, Glenn Larson that Kit should have a human voice. It should develop as a character, and it should not sound like a robot. And and it turned out the way it did. Yes, he also refused to take a screen credit because he wanted Kit to be his own character. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I think Daniels and um, the Hoff only met at like the Christmas party. <laughs> yes, several years later. Oh, several years later. Wow, it wasn't even the first year? I don't think it was the first year, but... Um, That's great. They never met on set. They only met at the Christmas party. That's amazing. At the Christmas party, a lot of people don't realize this, but William Daniels was actually there voicing, the, uh, providing the voice of Kit. Uh, they had a, a Kit car on display. Uh, we all know that Kit has that audio track where he talks about his, audio, his uh, many features with right. the uh, NBC promotional track. But what a lot of people don't understand is that, like I said, William Daniels was actually there for a short time to talk to kids who were at the party. And that idea is what inspired wow. the Talk With Kit display at Universal Studios. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, I think I think we've gone through all the features shown on screen of the original kit in the 87 series. Well, and... we have the high tensile reflectors. Oh, which, what's, uh, what are those? That was lasers. Nice. Reflects a laser beam. Nice. 
that was in, used in um, Trust Us and Rust, I believe. But you know what? He, he, he is 1987. He didn't have a lighter, though. It's a good thing Michael didn't smoke. Just saying. We also have Kit's radar. Radar is very important. Absolutely. It's entire throughout the entire series. Now, guys, Sir Jimmy. Any, anything else that we missed? I'm saying we can always come back, right? Not, uh, homie, no. Sir. We want we want emails. We want people to tell us what we miss. What are you That's passionate right. about? That's right. And you can reach you, us. What are you upset that we did? Well, say? we forgot Kit's printer. Oh yeah, he had a printer. That's right. You could send Kit a fax. <laughs> but if if we missed anything, was it a dot matrix. If we missed anything, uh, as Sir Jimmy said, if you missed anything, you can contact us through starshipalves.com or the feedback link in the show notes, or hey, send us a tip and uh, email us through starshipalves.com. That's starshipalves.com, and we'd love to um, speak to you about it. Uh, guys, are you ready for the next episode? Because we are g- gonna be watching. Season one, episode one and two, which is the TV movie. And um, we'll figure out a time to record that. I think we have to come at, come at it with fresh eyes. And uh, the next episode you, you folks will hear will be season one, episode one. What's the name of the title there, uh, Nick? Night of the Phoenix. Night of the Phoenix, where Michael Long becomes Michael Knight. It'll be fun. So looking forward to restarting. Just, I was in middle school at the time, and this is going to be a, a an adventure. Can't wait. This will be fun, and I believe you can find all of the episodes on iTunes. I'm not sure what other uh, services you can find it legally to watch, uh, but I, I definitely believe that on iTunes you can download and buy the the season, and this will be fun for sure. Let's just say adios, guys. I think we're done for the day. Sounds good. Had a great time. Adios, adios mofos. Till the next time. And so. Yeah, hey Paul, I uh, I just got this memo from Kit, and uh, Night Rider was actually 1982 to 1986. Oh, and I, and I, I've been saying 87 the whole show. Kit wants to be properly represented. <sighs> God damn it! He's a, he's a touchy car. <laughs>